Coming at you live from a dystopic future where washed up celebrities mutilate each other for our amusement. It's Cartoon Night in Canada. Hey, what you watching? Got a problem with cartoon? of Cartoon Night in Canada, a nostalgic journey digging through decades of animation to find the good, the bad, and just plain weird of Canadian cartoons. I'm your co-host Chris Lucy Antonio. And I'm your co-host Sylvia Kettles. And we are finally here, the questionable venture of MTV animation. Oh boy. How, how much do you know about this bizarre side project of the MTV network? Uh, very, very little... Uh, MTV itself was just something that I was only ever tangentially aware of. Didn't get it in Canada. We didn't? Not really, no. Okay, that's probably why. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure we probably did. I don't know. Uh, But I only know that we eventually got MTV2 on a channel on basic cable. But yeah, it was never really a part of my growing up my coming of age i was never part of the mtv generation well no that was before us anyway i know we're, we're talking about a, a different generation to begin with but can you name an mtv animated production i can't yes you can well i i can because we we're talking about it today no like we, we have talked about another one for months and months oh it's been in the pipeline forever. Oh, come on. Uh, no, no, no. Just, just give me a sec. Give me a sec. I'm not even talking about, like, their most famous one or the other ones that have, like, a life outside of the brief, brief run of MTV animation as a venture. I'm, I'm talking about one that we have talked about in the past and referenced on previous episodes. Is it, is it, is it Clone High? There you okay, go. Okay, I didn't know. <laughs> but Clone High is kind of emblematic of, um... Of what MTV Animation eventually became. It's like they could only produce cult hit shows that were never really successful in their run, original run. Because pretty much their big ones are today's subject, which we'll get to, um, Beavis and Butthead and the spin-off the Beavis and Butthead, Daria. Right. And then a bunch of shit that only lasted one season. Yeah, that sounds about right. And some of it is good. Some of it I've never seen. Some of it you would be surprised even existed in the first place, but with how long we've done this show, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Be no, it's, that it exists. We've seen it's very quads. True. Oh God, yeah. How is that not an MTV production? Right. Maybe they have standards. I don't know. But the, the thing with MTV animation was it burned briefly, it burned bright, and then quickly shuttered because it was like from 1993 to 2001, 2003 when this venture to drift away from music television to other productions. Like they hit, they hit a stride with reality programming in the late nineties, but MTV animation just never really took hold, but they kept at it for like a decade. Good on them for trying at least. 
And it, it produced a lot, as we said, a, a lot of cult hits, some successes, like three exact successes, I would say. <laughs> and a lot of garbage, some of which were co-productions with Canadian animation studios, so we'll, we'll cover them. They are technically Canadian. And we got a weird case here with today's subject, because this isn't technically Canadian, it's partially Canadian. I know, right? It's, it's, a, it's a weird spin on a classic Cartoon Night in Canada bit. Yeah. is Okay, so obviously, partially Canadian can't be the best Canadian. No. So what is it? I don't know. Okay. We'll workshop it's, it. We, we, don't worry. I did not think of it that far ahead. Good. I never do. Uh, so, yeah. I guess we should just get into this what this is uh because as i said this was one of their flagship programs sadly i know that isn't that just a dark thought <laughs> well here we are clearly the excitement of tonight's matchups is too much for him and who can blame him first up two of hollywood's most wanted go head to head as colin farrell and charlie sheen duke it out to be crowned bad boy of tinseltown then it's the american revolution all over again as british blowhog simon cowell goes head to hair with yappy yank ryan seacrest and finally double your pleasure double your death match as celebrity siblings square off Jack and Kelly Osborne go mano a mano with skeletal sisters Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Enough talk. Let's get things started. Nick, both Sheen and Farrell have done their so, share of. On today's program, we are taking a look at Celebrity Deathmatch, originally created by Eric Fogel as a series of pilot slash specials on MTV's Cartoon Sushi program, which is kind of like what Cartoon Network did with, was it like Cartoon 101 or whatever, where it's just like a. It was just like a compilation anthology kind of series of different pilots and shorts and shit like that, as well as like animated music videos. Mm-hmm. I, I would actually love some, something similar on today's television. I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to the idea. I would love that. But yeah, now we... we're now we're drifting into the uh, era of experimental AI animation, and you know <laughs> that it would just be littered with that right now. Well, thank you for just shitting on that idea yeah Great. sorry I, I do have to shit on what, your what, right now why bring reality into this why why bring the dire state of the animation industry into this happy discussion of a <laughs> forgotten gem of our I, celebrity obsessed culture i just really wanted to set the tone for today's episode that's fair so right it was a segment on mtv's cartoon sushi program before being spun off into a full series on may 14th 1998 and and lasting in its original run until June 2002, lasting like 77 episodes. The show was originally a co-production between Fogel Mania Productions, headed by Eric Fogel, and as we said, the the long-lasting venture of MTV Animation, and was one of MTV's most popular animated programs, as I said, right behind Beavis and Butthead and Daria. But you might be wondering, why are we talking about this show? Like, all of the production sounded like it was handled by American companies. Yeah. Well, in 2006, looking for content for their secondary channel, which they started like late 90s, MTV2, uh, a reboot was ordered of this flagship, beloved MTV animated series. People were crying without the, for it. 
I know people were just clamoring in the streets outside of the MTV offices saying like, "Where's our celebrity deathmatch?" Season five. I, it it just didn't happen, and until it did, because without the participation of Fogel or any of the original crew, including the animators, the voice cast. Uh, Toronto-based Cup of Coffee Studios was contracted to produce the new series with a new crew on a new channel and a new look. Uh, the revival series aired, as I said, on MTV2 and the Comedy Network and lasted two seasons of eight episodes apiece. That sounds about right. Yeah, it was a brief run between June of 2006 and March of 2007. So, as I said, this is not technically Canadian, but... It's a little because bit. these are... Yeah, because these two seasons are fully Canadian productions at the back end of the Celebrity Deathmatch machine. It's partially Canadian. It's somewhat Canadian. I guess. If we wanted to, we can claim it. I'm not sure we want to. We but... do not. Okay. Hard pass. Okay, well, okay fine. We'll, we'll, we'll work <laughs> it out later. But for the podcast today, we took a look at an episode from the Revival series, obviously. Episode 3, Sl- Sibling Slaughterhouse. Overall, episode number 80. Which was directed presumably by series directors Andrew Horn and Jack Fletcher. Uh, the revival series directors, uh, the other ones were directed by Eric Fogel. And aired June 21st, 2006. Sylvie, were you ever aware of Celebrity Deathmatch? I, I feel like I had to have been. Right, right. I feel like this was a known thing. Like, this feels like the sort of thing that blurs together in my mind with Robot Chicken. Where... Oh, there is a lot of Robot Chicken happening in this yeah. series. Don't worry. Where it's just like, yeah, I have to have been aware of this. But I don't think I ever watched it. Ever. I, I mean, 2006, like, even when it was coming back, I would have been 11 and therefore still way too soft and terrified of everything <laughs> not quite the right age for the hardcore claymated gore yeah. of celebrity deathmatch yeah fucking uh wallace and gromit could give me nightmares chicken run gave me nightmares celebrity <laughs> deathmatch would have ended me okay you know what? <laughs> that's fair that's fair um you can't really you can only stare at the claymated charlie sheen face for so long before it enters into your subconscious so i was aware of this show in the same way actually like i was kind of aware of beeps and butthead and i was aware of daria but despite never actually watching either show Mm -hmm. because like they they were genuine cultural touchstones like they they were like referenced in other media they got around and that's probably how i eventually became aware of these shows but yeah, luckily, yeah, yeah, but but luckily, because of this uh, revival series with a Canadian show, I did eventually get to watch it, uh, not in its original run of like 2006, in 2006, but sometime in its uh, like later syndication on a couple channels. Like uh, they played it on, as I said, the Comedy Network, and I, I don't think Teletoon ever got it, but they did play it on the MTV2 channel that we got. So I saw it, I saw the run, and... Oh, we'll get into it. We'll get into a lot of this, but if so, what what is Celebrity Deathmatch? You might be asking. Well, look at the title. Yeah, it's it's exactly what it says on the tin. It is a parody of the th- this weird obsession that we had in like the late nineties of sports entertainment shows, like shit like professional wrestling and celebrity boxing, 
And this is just a satirical upping of the ante, I guess, where these same celebrities, which we are humiliating with these physical challenges and shit uh, like that, uh, that's meant to, I guess, take them down a peg. What if it was an extremely violent confrontation? Yeah, what if instead of just, like, punching each other in a boxing ring or going on some, like, dance competition, they had to murder each other? And I guess we can start here. What the fuck? What the fuck is up with that? I... So we were at, we were having a long chat before we started recording about, like, the intentions and the overall tone of this show. It's, it's, it's like... It's endemic of this period in our specific, like, celebrity worship culture of the mid-2000s where we felt like we had to take celebs down a peg and dehumanize them as much as possible. And really, especially in this one, highlight how worthy they are of death. That's the... That's the weird thing that I... That's the weird button on this joke that I never really laughed at. Because even at my most um, cynical teenage years where it's like, fucking celebrities, they think they're better than me. Like, I never felt that the next spot... Like, yeah, and they should have their head torn off. Yeah. Or they should be cut in half. They should be mutilated with knives. Like, I... No, like, I don't get this part of the joke that Celebrity Deathmatch is going for. Yes, it's an exaggerated, claymated violence. Sure, but also, why? But, like, it's it's exaggerated, claymated violence that makes no pretense about who it's targeting. Imagine trying to make the show nowadays. God, that would be horrible. I mean, it's horrible as is, but, like, what the fuck? Because... We have seen, like, in our present day, we have seen, like, the the after effects of this obsessive, dehumanizing celebrity culture with uh, people like Britney Spears, Pamela Anderson, mostly, you know, women. Yeah, mostly uh, women we, who were very young when they became we, famous. Women in the spotlights who were, uh, whose careers were controlled by manipulative men for the worse. And, like, just, just thinking about this, putting... Because you know they would try this shit with our current crop of celebrities, like Taylor Swift against, I don't know, some other uh, musician. It'd be Taylor and, Swift versus, like, Ariana Grande. And immediately, the MTV2 offices would be firebombed by their fan bases. Yeah, because those are the two most violent fan bases in pop music. You, like, and I'm saying this, um, I'm not saying this like how other people say this, but... You can't make this show today. Yeah. Because we are we are a better people. In in some ways, yes. We have we have decided that it's weird to want a celebrity you aren't particularly fond of to be eviscerated. It's weird to have these murder fantasies about people in the public eye who are just trying to live their lives. Yeah. And like Maybe they're assholes. Maybe they're even criminals. Maybe you'd love to just never hear this name again. But you know what would guarantee you'd hear the name a lot? Murder. It's just a it's just a weird extreme as like a punchline to this whole celebrity deathmatch thing. It's like that I just don't get. Yeah. Because I, I, I just don't have this meanness in me for people in the spotlight. 
because like I don't they're just doing their job and yeah they can like outside of the actual criminals of like, the Hollywood system like you know people like Woody Allen like sure put him in a celebrity death match that's fine I would love to watch that on new grounds not a professionally produced <laughs> yeah that's the thing <laughs> Like, this Not a professionally is the sort of produced that, television show. Yeah, this is the sort of thing that absolutely belongs on on Newgrounds, like circa two thousand and three. This is some uh, like ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny, where it's like here are just all of these famous people and characters that I either really love or really hate. What if they fought? This has the same energy as those flash games that appeared on Newgrounds, where you could punch. Justin Bieber in the face over and over again. Yeah. This is the exact same just, this is the exact same vibe from Celebrity Deathmatch and you just kind of have to back away from it. It's like, wow, this is really just mean. Yeah, there is there is a, le a level of vitriol that I do not understand. So clearly, we are not the target audience for this show. I mean, who was? Uh, like, probably, like, 13-year-old boys. It, it feels like counter-programming to the rest of the... Well, I, I guess not, because MTV at the time was skewing toward, more towards reality programming, uh, a lot of celebrity-based reality programming, because this was the era of, you know, that Nick and Jessica show, uh, the Ashley Simpson show, um, the Osbournes, we'll get into, <laughs> Gene Simmons' Family Jewels, where it's, like, celebrities... Looking into their uh, the surreal life, um, all this, all this shit. Yeah, like where, a camera crew following around a celebrity and their either their entourage or their friends and family. The Anna Nicole Smith show, like seeing these people cribs. warts and all, just seeing them warts and all, yeah. and again this this wrong headed attitude is like we're really taking him down a peg. Yeah. Like, how dare they be famous for? Like, because we bought their music or yeah, saw their the, movies. That's the thing. It's like, you you participated in the making of them fame, making them famous, and now you're punishing them for it. This whole show is just pushing celebrities off of the pedestal that the network MTV yeah, built them up on. Specifically MTV. Just, God. Okay, well, I guess we can start here before we get into the many, many wrong decisions that are that are made with the humor of this joke. Oh, uh, why it look like that? Hey, Chris. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris. I have a question. I'm listening. Okay. Why it look like that? Well, it looked like that because uh, Cup of Coffee Studios is a well-known, um, well-known like stop motion. One of the like one of the biggest, I guess, stop motion animated companies, uh, not animated companies, but pr producers of animated stop motion animation in Toronto, in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, we've covered two of their shows in the past. We have. Can you guess what they are? Um. The only other two stop motion shows we've covered. Aw. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to remember what they're called. <laughs> uh, they were they were both um Life's they, they were both. Yep, they were both aimed at adults, and one of them is, like, cut from the same exact cloth of Celebrity Deathmatch. TV. Oh, come on, I know you can do it. <laughs> the only other, uh, claymation show that's coming to mind right now is Wapos Bay. And that's no, just genuinely good. Uh, I can't it's remember. A, it's a celebrity-style e-news program. Oh, Wrong Coast! There you go. 
the the best adult show we've covered thus far. Yeah, because you know what? That's taking a lighthearted look at celebrity. Mostly. Mostly. Uh, some of it was, again, a bit mean-spirited. But at the end, like, like pound for pound at the end of the day, they weren't saying, well, yes, uh, Eminem, Eminem auditioning for all these movie roles is so bad, he should be shot with a gun. Yeah, he is uh, subhuman scum. Like he is subhuman scum, and all of like all of his music is reflective of his personality and his and and his public appearances and like behavior. It's it's all it's it's all ve- like this this fucking show when it's like arbiter of morality. God damn. Yeah, it. like if you're in a bad movie, it is because you're a bad person, and you deserve an execution. Yeah, and also that bad movie is your personality trait. Yes. Uh, God such low-hanging jokes in this series book. But anyway, again, about the look. Claymation. Stop motion. I go to bat for it every time. And I will say, it's fine here. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, the, the models don't necessarily look like their counterparts. Um, there, there's a lot of liberties being taken with certain appearances. Yeah. Like, but this is otherwise... definitely one where, like, if you didn't have either... The voice performance, and some of the voice performances are pretty bad, too. Um, yeah. But, like, if you didn't explicitly say who it's supposed to be, I wouldn't know. A lot, yeah, a lot of that going around. If they didn't constantly reference their either filmographies, discographies, or whatever headline thing that they got in trouble for, you wouldn't put the pieces together. Yeah. But outside of that, I think most of the animation is really smooth. Uh, Cup of Coffee knows their shit. Mm-hmm. And... Despite the fact it really makes me feel weird and gross, uh, the gore is spectacular. Yeah. I'm not, not like, going to take that away from the animators. They're, they're good at what they do, even if what they do is uncomfortable. Like, it's unfortunate that that gore is happening to a, like, a really troubled human being who had their entire childhood robbed from them because of the star machine. But it, the gore still looks good. I have to give them their flowers for that. Yep. And I did poke around in uh, Eric Fogel's original run of the series, you know, season one to four. It's rough. Oh, yeah. Uh, Especially the the pilots uh, when it's clear, because there's this famous quote from Mike Judge, uh, creator of Beavis and Butthead, where he said, like, yeah, at MTV Animation, he was kind of like we were fending for ourselves constantly. Like, none of us really knew how to make the show when we were just doing it as we went along. Because there was, like, no oversight. There was no professionals brought in. He he said in the commentary for Beavis and Butthead do, do America, on the original run of the show, we didn't have an art director. <laughs> like, that's why there would be so, there's so many, like, color inconsist- inconsistencies and these weird changes to sets and animation because they had no one overseeing it. Yeah, that is, that is what happens when you don't have middle management. And the... The weird thing about the Eric Fogel version of the show is it's a lot darker, not in tone, not in meanness. It just looks darker. Like in lighting? Yes. Okay. Like Cup of Coffee is a, has a very clean style. Their models are very well produced, mm-hmm. even though they don't have any resemblance to their celebrity counterparts. Yeah. But there is craft and care taken there where Eric Vogel was just trying to push out these shows, and understandably, because, again, no oversight, no nothing, and they were producing way more, 
way more episodes of the show than the Cup of Coffee Studios ever did. Mm -hmm. Like, and it varied from season to season. Like, you could see season three had twenty five episodes, season two had twenty one, while the Cup of Coffee seasons had eight episodes per. Yeah, so like it's technically it's easier for like a professional crew with who's done this before to make eight episodes look good than for uh, some uh, artists just trying to make it work with absolutely zero uh, help. Yeah, it's it's an unfair comparison. Yeah. But um, what 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 the the revival celebrity deathmatch has in this a much more cleaner presentation it makes up for with a much more darker outlook on celebrity because the the original run of the series from what i could tell yeah it's it's still very mean it's still very insulting to these celebrities and yes they do end every episode with one of them getting butchered in disgusting ways yeah that, that, that always happens but and this doesn't even feel like a compliment it's more cartoony like, they, they play more with the fact that they are clay. Mm. So, like, some of the violence would be, like, under... Some of, like, the implications of the violence would be undercut by the fact that when... I, I don't... what is, Which one did I watch? It was, like, when Lenny Kravitz hits um, Jimi Hendrix with a guitar, his head kind of flattens. Oh, yeah. And that's... That's just cartoon violence. Yeah. Uh, it's again still ends with a really horrific gore scene, but it's tempered a bit. Here with this revival, I don't know what they were thinking, but on every aspect, they go full guns blazing for these celebrities. Like just fuck them, fuck their whole lives, yeah. fu like fuck their careers. Let's just hurt them badly. Just brutally, and they also th just they like think they are better than us. How dare they! God, I'm just, I'm tired already. <laughs> okay, well, we haven't even talked about okay. the episode yet, let's, so... Um, let's get into it. So we, as with every Celebrity Deathmatch episode, we have three segments, uh, round one, round two, and the main event. Uh, round one, the Battle of the Bad Boys. Ooh, mind uh, mind got, going into this? We got uh, Charlie Sheen and Colin Farrell. Which is... 2006. Yeah, yes. This is 2006 Charlie Sheen versus 2006 Colin Farrell. So we have, like, a basic alcoholic hound dog sitcom guy who is mm -hmm. fully just dressed as his character from Two and a Half Men in this bit. Well, how else would you fucking know it's him? Yeah, it, that, exactly. Like, if he wasn't wearing a bowling shirt, I would not know who the fuck this guy is. <laughs> um, and... Colin Farrell, who, for the intents and, all intents and purposes of this episode, is just, he was in Alexander the Great, that 2004 uh, not good movie. That Oliver Stone movie, yeah. Yeah. So, fuck him. Yeah, they're, uh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen is, they're, they're both alcoholics and womanizers, and we don't particularly like the things they make, so one of them should die. I just, again, this attitude of this show is a whole problem. But throwing in their very public struggles with alcohol addiction, pill addiction, and general disorderly behavior, again, just, it just seems so targeted and mean, where it's like, who's laughing at this? People who don't like Colin Farrell or Charlie Sheen at the time, I guess. 
And, like, on top of everything, I didn't expect the show to be racist towards the Irish. But, hey, they, they managed. Because as Colin Farrell is introduced uh, in, an, in, like, a backstage segment, uh, he's swaying because, of course, he's drunk because alcoholism is very funny. Um, and he's, he's, he just starts talking, and he goes, like, Argo, Fargo, Largo, Fargo. Yeah, uh, he's... Hey man, I'm not slapping my knee. To the, to the surprise of no one, he's voiced by an Englishman. <laughs> That's uh, all I need to I, say about that. So, and I and I and I guess I see what their logic behind these pairings is that they're they're going for a theme. Everyone, it's either uh, in in this case, it's two actors who are very very much known for their public personas of being on the downslope and. Being, being like enslaved to their addictions and their womanizing. Yeah, they're like both of them at this exact period are just kind of a mess. Uh, hey. so, so let's punish him for it. And it's, and the jokes in this uh, battle that they have are just so washed. I they, mean, yeah, like the oh, they they're beating each other with their little black books because they fuck a lot of women. So their their little black books are big enough to be used as bludgeoning weapons. And Charlie Sheen tweezes uh, Colin Farrell's unibrow at the time, and yeah, Colin Farrell dresses like Alexander while extremely drunk, and, and so the he spear beats... just kind of looks like he has a boner. Yeah, and he he beats him with uh, copies of his movies like Alexander and SWAT and Phone Booth and shit that didn't really go anywhere and. Just remember when we thought that Colin Farrell was, like, washed up? Because no. I don't. No, I don't. Because I remember that, like, less than two years after this, he had a fucking Golden Globe. Right, in Bruges, the, the Martin McDonough film, released two years after this. And since then, he has been on a hell of a streak. It's We talked about it beforehand, but it's so funny watching this episode in 2022, or 2023, yeah. rather. Yeah, because, like, we're looking at... This version of Colin Farrell, who's like an absolute uh, drunk womanizing, he like hide hide your wife, he, the the Irishman is coming to coming to take her, and I guess like he's on pills and everything, and then you smash cut to like the press release from in Brew or from uh, Banshees of Inisherin, where you've got Colin Farrell going, yeah, so I went around the island and I said hello to all of the uh, the animals just because I wanted to just meet all of them and sort of get ground myself in connection with with the world around me it's like fuck he had that's a glow up and like even even like even thinking about uh his the the year that he had last year of after yang the batman and the banshees of Sharon, like he has a nomination for an academy award he has like a massive superhero film a very good superhero film can like compared to the crop that we've been getting recently and a quiet uh and a quiet family drama by a respected indie director like and you know what i and i just know if you showed this episode to colin farrell he'd laugh yeah because he's a good guy <laughs> yeah like i think he would look at this uh, something like this he would kind of like be charmed by his like a reflection of his own shortcomings in the past and how much better mm -hmm. he's gotten 
because he's been doing it like for every press like tour recently where he's like people are bringing up stuff like uh stuff from his past or like uh like certain roles he didn't he goes like oh man i was so fucked up i don't even remember that yeah like he can he can poke fun at itself because you know what he beats his addictions and good for him he beat his demons he's a better man for it cannot say the same for charlie sheen which also makes the other half of this deeply surreal to look at because i think it's a lot more like it's oh god it's still nasty to look because this is pre charlie sheen's extremely public mental breakdown yeah, we were five years out from his uh, public firing from Two and a Half Men. Uh, there is a Two and a Half Men joke in this. Jesus yeah, of Christ. course there is. Well, he's that's all he's known for at this point. You and again, it just shows the laziness of this writing staff because like you could do so much with like his filmography because he had a great run of movies like through the eighties, nineties, and two thousands. But you know what? It's not making headlines now, so we can't comment on that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we're five years out from the very public meltdown where again because we are a garbage culture we turn that into a meme rather than rather than hoping that he gets the help yeah. that he de- so rather desperately than, needs shit, and is crying for is not okay yeah we, we are five years out from winning and the tiger blood and all that bullshit um and his very very recent uh disclosure of his hiv positive status um he like he was really pushed through the ringer and was dominated by his demons for a long time and here in 2006, where we're split, it just feels even worse because we're making fun of the lead up to all that. Yeah. Like, I don't usually say this, but because when we do these shows, but I just felt gross. This, yeah. I feel like every episode of this show would make me feel gross in some new way, but damn, every single segment from this one just really rubbed me the wrong way. Makes your skin crawl, doesn't it? Yeah. So how did this first match end? Uh, so you think that Colin Farrell has won because he throws a spear into Charlie Sheen's uh, abdomen, but it turns out he hit the only uh, vital organ that Charlie Sheen wouldn't notice is missing, his liver. Uh, Charlie Sheen pulls out the spear, throwing his liver into the audience and just onto a woman, and there's just a way too long scene of this woman just like, staring at the liver that has landed in her lap it's like maybe three seconds long and it is entirely too long it it, it lands on like a tray of food or something right no it lands like on her face and then falls oh, in her Jesus. lap oh, and then she's man. just sort of like shaking staring at it not really knowing how to respond which is a very naturalistic response to something like that happening to you <laughs> just like this incredibly human moment of what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> And it just holds on that. I, then, I can tell you're you're looking for anything to attach yourself to in this episode. I'm, I am awestruck at how <laughs> batshit crazy that one, that single shot is. I'm not impressed by it. I just, I want to know why it exists. Uh, but then uh, Charlie Sheen cuts Colin Farrell in half with the same spear. And he creates, ahem, two, two and, and a half, half men. Because uh, referee Mills Lane is also in the, is also in the you know, the yeah, the ring there. Yeah. Remember Mills Lane? No. Good. Okay. Uh, he he was a he was a boxing referee, uh, but because of his uh high pitched kind of voice, he was turned into a bit of a character and a minor celebrity. They they did get him to be the actual 
he actually voiced the referee Mills Lane in the original Celebrity Deathmatch. Uh, this is a sound alike. Um. Okay, this yeah. is post. Oh wait, no, this this. I feel like this guy was also parodied in Bugs Bunny boxing episodes. Maybe, maybe. Uh, he was around for a long time. Um, but yeah, he was just kind of like a known thing. He had a, he had a judge show, Judge Mills Lane, because that was in fashion. Um, just a just a weird television personality that definitely does not play in 2023. Huh. No, because it's a, it's a thing like, who the fuck is Mills Lane? Who's this guy? Who's this guy with a high-pitched voice and he's like, he says, like, let's get it on. Is that his catchphrase? I guess. Anyway. Uh, so bout, segment segment two, or uh, yes, round bout, two. Bout two, we've got Judge versus Jester. We've got uh, Ryan Seacrest and Simon Cowell, both of American Idol fame at this time. And I think you were saying, like, this one makes the most sense. Yeah, this is the only one that I think is based in some sort of, like, it's still a fictional rivalry, but it is a pre-existing, like, these two men have a bit on their show where they pretend to hate each other because Ryan Seacrest is chipper and peppy, uh, yappy yank, I think they call him in this. And Simon Cowell is, uh, English and has, cannot, and has absolutely zero patience for this guy's antics. And, and, and Cowell's whole bit was he was a cynical British asshole who uh, told it like it is uh, with his many, many insults towards uh, these people looking for stardom. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this is the only matchup that I think has some sort of grounded. Like, someone thought about that and was like, haha, yeah, they should fight to the death. Because, again, again, we do have to come back to that. Like, their rivalry should not lead to murder, guys. Uh, and this was. This one was where, like, the the sound-alikes uh, were most apparent, because, man, this cowl impression. That's on, it's on point. I, I could, you know what, here's the thing. At no point did I think it was Simon Cowell. It always sounded like a sound-alike. True. Rather than its own voice. It felt, it felt like an impression anybody could do. That's fair. And I so think, it just... I think yeah. for the sake of what it was, though, since we had just come off of uh, a Colin Farrell and Charlie Sheen impression... Oh, the Charlie that Sheen they are was terrible. ...both absolute garbage, that this one just felt like, oh, okay, that actually sounds like the guy it's supposed to sound like. Okay. And, uh, and again, because uh, I never watched American Idol, but I knew what it was and knew Simon Cowell's whole deal, because, again, it's a... It was a cultural touchstone thing. It gets around and gets parody a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of this fight, if you want to call it that, is just him doing these fucking at Mad Lib insults. Yep. Just and, kind of being loosely mean to Ryan Seacrest. And the joke here being that Ryan Seacrest is a prissy baby who is afraid to fight. Yeah, he's, he's an effeminate man because of his hosting job and his whole te- television personality. So, of course, he'd be afraid to fight the Adonis that is Simon Cowell. Yeah, they really they really drive home that they think Simon Cowell is really hot. He takes, I, you know he takes his shirt off three times, and each time I, there's just a smaller, tighter shirt underneath. I kind of like that joke. Yeah? 
I kind of like that joke because it's it's a good running bit, and they had nothing else other than the, these shitty insults. Yeah. These these zingers that are so crammed with other references to celebrities, just fuck. It's so atrocious. It's not funny. It's it's bottom of the barrel kind of cowl sound alike because I I feel like on American Idol, I again never watched it. He was probably more witty than this. I very, no, I didn't watch it very often, but, like, yeah, I'd I'd have to agree. Um, There also is, like, every once in a while, they do want to soften him up a little bit, and they'll be like, oh, he actually does have a heart, ha ha ha. Right, because you had the the other side of Paula Abdul and um, Randy Jackson. I think he was one of the original. Yeah, so like they, they had those two to like soften him because both of them were much more complimentary and encouraging to, towards the contestants where his whole bit was, I'm going to tear you down because I'm I'm British. I'm British and Americans don't have talent. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've seen the, some of the acts that you produced, you dickhead. Yeah. Um, the satire here is just so toothless because no, what is it really saying about American Idol? Nothing. Uh, Simon, yeah, literally nothing is said about American Idol. It's just Simon Cowell's mean, Ryan Seacrest is effeminate, but boy howdy, he he does manage to get a stool leg through Simon Cowell's brain. Again, no creativity there. Yeah. Like, there, there, I guess there was a little bit of creativity with the, uh, with the climax of the first fight, where it's building off of a character trait of this exaggeration of Charlie Sheen, and building off of Colin Farrell's... Uh, movie role as alexander there's something there here he just stabs him with a stool leg yeah like he's got a microphone in his hand doesn't use it once i don't think he doesn't no hit him with it at all nope weak yeah this this one was a very dull midpoint to this episode um i i did i did clock one of cowell's zingers which i just wow does it not age well ahem He says to Ryan Seacrest, you're as useless as panties at an R. Kelly party. Oh, yeah. Sylvie, do you remember when we were looking through the list of episodes for these two cup of coffee seasons? And we saw one where R. Kelly is a contestant. Yep. And we said, let's not do that one. Yep. I don't want to talk about that. And here we are. (laughs) Joke's on us. Uh, Just R. Kelly, very bad man. Look it up yourself. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, no. Uh, I also forgot uh, that this segment includes this bit of, again, because the caricature is not great. I have no fucking clue who this woman is supposed to be, who just, like, aggressively humps Ryan Seacrest's leg. It's uh, Paula Abdul. Oh, okay. Because there is a, again, timely celebrity deathmatch tearing storylines straight from the headlines. Uh, Paula Abdul was at one point accused of... uh, having a relationship with one of the contestants and grooming them to like coaching them on their singing and make them a great contestant. Okay. See that, that requires some 2006 knowledge. Like it doesn't play in this episode. It's, it's just a random woman violently humping both Seacrest and one of the hosts. I think it was Nick Diamond. There's two hosts. It's like Johnny Gomez and Nick Diamond. They're not characters. It doesn't matter. They're just, they're just guys. They're, they're parodies of like, former sports casters that nobody born in the MTV generation would know. 
Oh, yeah, so uh, two for two here of very bad, unfunny, low-hanging fruit fights between celebrities. Yep. And the main event is the worst of all. Yeah, this is this is where we really get into the why, why of this so, show with, with the uh, Olsen twins and the Osborne siblings. So... Before, like, before this main event, I would, I would struggle to call Celebrity Deathmatch offensive. Because it's, it's clear, it's riffing on a lot of really uncool subject matter, you know, people, very real people struggled with, like, substance abuse in that first match. Not cool. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't say, like, there is an active, there, there's, like, an active negative effect of this show until this last one, which goes gloves off and goes for... no actually we hate these children and it's it's one of like the ugliest things i think we've watched on this program yeah oh i felt really gross watching this yeah this one is just painful and cruel okay so kelly and jack osborne versus mary kate and ashley olsen uh i guess I guess you get the get their intention behind this pairing again. Um, troubled young starlets pushed against each other. Yeah, two of them should die. And every time it's every time it's reduced to like a one note joke for everybody, especially with uh, these four, where clearly the people behind Celebrity De Deathmatch did not care for care for like any good references towards their careers. Watching watching this again in 2023, this segment needs context because, like, do you remember the Osbournes? I do not. I never saw a second of that show. But, listener, if, you've, if you're unfamiliar, the Osbournes was a reality TV show about Ozzy Osbourne, famed heavy metal musician, and his family, Sharon Osbourne, Kelly Osbourne, their daughter, and Jack Osbourne, which was a sleeper MTV hit. Yep, I, I guess. Yeah, it became a huge thing and kicked off a lot of like similar shows of like the personal lives of celebrities because, man, the Osbournes, they were a fucked up bunch. Yep. I don't know. What, what is the one that... Oh, right. I was... I always confuse them with the uh, Gene Simmons family duels. Yep. Because I, uh, I remember that more of that show existing. Again, never watched it. It was just always there. Mm-hmm. But you would not have that show if it wasn't for the Osbournes, and no. that being the ratings powerhouse, because everyone liked to see the doddering old Englishman who used to be, like, the Prince of Darkness and the most controversial person and in music. Now he's just a guy. Now he's just an old, confused man in his slippers, shuffling around his house, screaming at his wife, and being a cute old man. Yep. But, hey... We can mine a lot of entertainment out of his, out of his kids who have their own troubles. Like Kelly Osborne is a little overweight. Better make that her entire life. And Jack Osborne, like, well, he's he's also an alcoholic. Ha 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 ha. It's such it's such a, like, what are we talking about here? Like, um, so so again, it's it's these very low hanging fruits for um for the Osborne kids like at one point Jack Osborne bites the head off of one of the Olsen twins 
dogs? Uh, no, it's not. It is very specifically not her dog. It's uh, Gidget, the Taco Bell dog. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, you hacks. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we, we have, like, we have two jokes for the Osborne kids. Um, Kelly Osborne and her weight problem, and I, and I guess her failing music career, and Jack Osborne and his... Horniness? Very, his horniness and his very real struggles with addiction. The Olsen twins. Also, uh, we have a weight problem. Here is where this gets extremely offensive and this show should not the shot this show should not be brought into the modern light of today oh absolutely it would not survive uh, but yeah Mary, Mary Kate uh, Olsen had an eating disorder specifically a very public struggle with anorexia yep isn't that and, funny I think and bulimia too like she also yeah, it was. It's just a whole hot mess, and Isn't they're like, like, "Haha, she has a Smeagol and Gollum-like relationship to food." Oh my fucking god, that ha, was. Ha, 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 ha. When that happened, when she it was like a cupcake or something, yeah. when she turns into Smeagol from Lord of the Rings, just two thousand and six, man. That, that that was considered comedy, huh? Yep, that's that's comedy gold, baby. This ham. Fisted reference to the Lord of the Rings, you hacks! Oh and my then God. the single cupcake immediately turns her into a disgusting fat beast whose own stomach rejects her. Right, she her stomach explodes, and I think it's also su supposed to be an alien reference because it I crawls away. So. Like I, I wouldn't put it past them. So we get a, we get a lot of this. I, again, there's no really commentary made about the Olsen's actual careers. It's just about one the the world's weird obsession with their sexual maturity yep because jack and, osborne makes a gripe about how they didn't do a playboy issue when they turned 18 which is what the fuck he's supposed to be talking for the audience there by the way yeah he's supposed to be saying like am i right guys they they turn legal at this point you you if you remember the countdown clock that was on the internet at the time That's that's Count when I'm allowed to get horny for them legally, and like, I, I want can't wait. to. I can't wait for the babies from Full Health to finally be of age. You fucking freak. Um, yeah. Oh, this, this show's just making me angry. Um, <laughs> well, I mean that that speaks to a whole other uh, region of celebrity culture that is absolutely repulsive, which is just like the constant obsession with very young girls just wait just wait taken down just wait until she's 18 then you can be horny right because implies that you already are or you'd like to be yeah because uh, we said it before uh you, you said it before there was a similar thing with emma watson mm -hmm. and we did it again recently with Billie eilish um and no one seems, no one's really pointing out a problem with this of being overly invested in the sexual maturity of young starlets in the limelights. Yeah. I, and I feel also like a, for, like Jenna Ortega is having to deal with that right now, despite the fact she is a full adult woman. Yep. Oh, uh, running back to uh, Ariana Grande. Same thing. Same, same thing. Uh, same fucking thing. 
a Nickelodeon star yeah. suddenly becomes of age and suddenly everyone has to look at it differently. It's like, what are you talking about, you weirdo? Most Nickelodeon stars did go through that. And that's the other thing that uh, this this specific segment, the main event of this episode of Celebrity Deathmatch is riffing on, is, man, the Olsen twins are really fucked up. Wonder why they are they are like that. I don't could, know. I'm not going to invest... possibly have had anything to do with us. I'm not going to invest any extra thinking into that. And then they gonna... also name drop the fact that these uh, that these girls have been in Hollywood for 18 years. Again, no uh, no reflection on that point. No, like, I, I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't I don't want them to like stop dead the show dead and like look at the audience and like explain the context of why they're like that. Child I don't want exploitation this... is terrible. Yeah, no. I just didn't want the segment to exist to begin with because it's yeah. not funny. Yeah, I just like, I'm t I'm tired. I'm very tired. Oh God, there's there's that opening bit where 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 Kelly and Jack are like they ask each other which one's the one with anorexia and then Kelly just blows her, like blows wind out her mouth and one of them just flies away. Yeah, there's that's the one. Ah Jesus. Oh God, and the. The way that how did how did Jack Osborne die? Uh, he he. Uh, Mary Kate says that uh, me and my sister sometimes shower together, and he his dick explodes. What? <laughs> I'm I'm assuming correctly that that's what happens. Someone needs to explain that to me. Like, what are you talking about? Uh. People have weird fetishes for twins. No, yes, I get that part, but... Well, you see, Chris. But the, the specific part of, like, his dick exploding, what, did too much blood go to it? I guess so. He got too horny all at once. And and again, like, you can't have it both ways, Celebrity Deathmatch. You can't make a joke at the beginning of the fight where they, they're saying that, like, oh, these, these gross skeletal siblings and their bag lady style fashion and then also have jack osborne think that they're really hot yeah you're playing it from both ends and i don't think you deserve to because you are garbage people because both ends are terrible okay yeah. like i'm i i'm i'm i sound like i'm blaming the people behind cup of coffee no i'm not uh they're fine people i'm sure contracted to make this show and you know 2006 was a very different time Look, it, it rolled across their desk, and they said, like, well, here was the original series. Uh, the entire premise is about killing one of these people. So I, I guess we just have to be mean enough to justify it, right? Sure, yeah. whatever. But I'm just saying, at watching it, I felt really gross. And knowing what we know now about these, like, everybody on the show. like Yeah, just about everyone, yeah. Their personal struggles. Their, like, private lives and... How it's all endemic of what their exposure to stardom did to them. Yeah. This just feels like just rubbing it in for no reason. Yeah, like at the end of the day, celebrity is usually what exacerbates these pre-existing problems and turns them into these in absolutely insane spectacles. And then Exa we make exactly. them into more of a spectacle by having them fight to the death for it. And it, and it doesn't help that you have this specific network, like like MTV, and the contemporary uh, comparison would be to TMZ, which is so 
wholly invested in this 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 idea that we're taking him down a peg Mm -hmm. that like they aren't better than you uh visitor of our site or watcher of our network they're not better than you they're in fact they're worse yep in fact you should you're you're lucky you're not like them like because that's what i feel like it is like at the end of every celebrity death match you're supposed to feel better about yourself and i don't no i feel worse i feel i feel bad for the people involved like i like again watching this main event i was thinking like Man, I hope the Olsen twins never have to ever actually watch this. Yeah, I hope no one showed this to them. And same with the Osbournes, and same with, like, same with Ryan Seacrest on. It's like anybody, yeah, like, like I, I, I said Colin Farrell might laugh because like he's just he has a good he's in a good place now and he can yeah. poke fun at himself. But he might equally be horrified. Oh yeah, he won't say it in front of the cameras, but he'll probably go like, "That was fucking weird." Yeah. Ah. <sighs> This is I'm, gross. This this was gross. I and you know what? I will I will happily, happily say, worse than Bromwell High. Yeah, I th- I think this one tips the scales here. Yeah. Uh, we have we have reached a new low. Because it's just the intention behind it yeah. all. Like Bromwell High, you know what? At the end of the day, I feel like Bromwell Bromwell High was trying to make its audience laugh. It was very wrong-headed in that endeavor, but it was still like supposed to make you feel better. I just look at this insufferable, insulting stop-motion animated program where the celebrity of the day gets eviscerated. And I'm like, this doesn't make me feel better. No. I'm I'm very fond of the uh there's a Muppets joke in one of, like, the newer ones where they kidnap... I don't remember who they kidnap, but it is a famous man. And Kermit says to Fozzie, you can't kidnap people. And Fozzie says, but Kermit, we've agreed that celebrities aren't people. And That's funny. It's a good joke. It's a very good joke. This just feels like the, the opposite end of them. Like, we have decided that celebrities are not people. Therefore, they they are. It is okay for them to die for your amusement. There is a long distance between the one of the great uh, drill tweets of I I regret to inform you the celebs are at it again. <laughs> yeah. Like the the intention behind that tweet and celebrity deathmatch. It's like there is a country mile between them because they are not saying the same thing. Yeah. Like there's not there's not a reply to <laughs> the drill tweet. It's like yeah, and they should die right and they should kill each other right mr wint what the fuck so this is a this is a really strange artifact from a time of where mtv1 was culturally relevant which Mm -hmm. it's not anymore Mm -hmm. and two it was coasting on this love-hate relationship of celebrity where it was building them up as these as these like golden gods who walk among us only to take out their legs and watch them crumble to dust because they were in a movie you didn't like. Isn't that, isn't that so stupid? It all just comes down to, like, man, SWAT wasn't a great movie. But you know what? I took offense to that. Not because SWAT's a great movie. It's not. <laughs> but it was a box office success. Yeah. So Colin Farrell was doing fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but uh, Alexander sucked. It did. And it did not make its money. So. How dare Colin Farrell... Take a risk on a project, right? Yeah, exactly. The uh, audacity. 
<laughs> How dare he want to work with Oliver Stone? Wait, that's actually bad. Mm. Never mind. Yeah. That one still that one still holds. Okay, anything left to say about this ugly stain on MTV animation? I feel like I just want to, like, call my grandma right now. Or something else wholesome. <laughs> I just, I, I need to speak to a good human being for a little while. Oh, something. hi, Chris. So, hi, hello. Hi, <laughs> how's it going? Hey. Uh, something to cleanse the palate after this. Yeah. Cause, and I... It, I poked around some other episodes of this revival. Um, it doesn't get nicer. I didn't assume it would. Like There's an R. Kelly episode. Oh, and you better... I didn't watch that one, but you better believe uh, they don't mention the Troubles. Of course they don't. I was amazed that they had the restraint not to mention uh, Colin Farrell's sex tape. I forgot about Colin Farrell's sex tape. It, it came up in the uh, news recently. Uh, I don't know why. I think people just like referencing it. But I am shocked it didn't it didn't make an appearance anywhere in this because like they're hacky enough to do that right? Yeah, they they would they absolutely would. Uh, so I did watch another episode called "When Animals Attack." It's the seventh episode of the revival series. Oh no. Um, the here let me just break just a little preview of what it was like. Mm-hmm. The first episode is Chris. The first match is Chris Farley versus Horatio Sands. Uh, Chris as you know, was already dead at this time. Yeah, there's a gimmick on Celebrity Deathmatch, which I did not know, not know about, where in order to do, like, historical battles with other celebrities who have died, they have a time machine. Great! And so Chris Farley comes back from the dead and immediately has a heart attack. And they keep resurrecting him over and over again, and he keeps having heart attacks. Chris, I hate this. Isn't that funny that uh, this beloved comedian who had very real, very public struggles with addiction and overeating is constantly dying because, you know, that's funny. They, they even say that he's he weighs over a thousand pounds. Yeah, it's funny because he's fat. <laughs> oh, it gets better because the second episode, the second match, Adam West versus Christian Bale. Oh, uh, the... okay. We had, That was one that we had. Yeah, yeah. You, you that... want to know what the running joke there? And not that they're Batman? No, no. This one definitely doesn't play in 2023 because everybody, the commentators, the uh, backstage interviewer, uh, even like the referee, they keep saying like, well, Adam West, you're dead, right? We brought you back with that machine over there. Oh. And nowadays that he actually died. (laughs) Ooh, that one doesn't play. And then finally we have... this is at the exact same time... uh, the one of the greatest running gags of his career was his run on uh, Fairly Odd Parents, where he played himself. Right, and people and... would just say, "TV's Adam West," and he would go, "Where?" <laughs> yeah, or like uh, Mayor Adam West on Family Guy. Uh, yeah, he had a he had a humor about himself, and you better believe he voiced himself. Yeah. Oh, he did. He did. Oh. Well, he's not going to turn it down. I know he's not, but he should have. He deserved better. Absolutely. And the button on this episode, the main event, was Jamie Foxx versus Ray Charles. And, ooh, does Ray Charles, the, the blind man, just stumble around the ring before, before, mm-hmm. he takes out a Cat 9 Grammy Awards. Mm-hmm. 
and attempts to whip Jamie Foxx. I don't like this, and I'm very glad we didn't talk about this episode. No, don't worry, we're done. We're done. Thank the, the you. Celebrity death match is over. We're never gonna have to talk about this again. Thank you. So we apologize, listener, uh, for taking you on this journey to a dark, as I said, a dark period in our celebrity obsessed culture. Uh, I'm glad that this is in the past. Mm-hmm. That every now and then you hear some news about them attempting to reboot it, and again, I think in this era where we've like overcorrected this meanness towards celebrity with stan culture. But more, more to the point, just treating them like regular human beings. Yeah. I I don't think the show would play, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Let let this one stay dead, please and thank you. Oh God, when was the last time uh, that news broke? Um, uh, t- twenty eighteen. Uh, twenty eighteen was Holy the last shit. time. They 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 was announced like a reimagining the show, and like. Ice Cube somehow was going to be like the star and executive producer of it. Why? They announced it on like a Twitter feed or something, and then nothing, no announcements, no updates, nothing surfaced about it, and just nothing, no news on that. And nowadays, you can watch this lovely revival of season five and season six on Paramount Plus. That's that is probably the biggest uh, indicator of where streaming is at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, um, with most MTV productions, because they there is no legal department there. There they don't. There's no rights. They, no one knows who owns the rights to anything. Uh, like season one through four, like you can't stream anywhere. No one like no one's attempting to put those. Like there there's some. They put it up on like YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can see matches from the old series. Ah. Uh. But, but again, like so much of the MTV animation shows, like lost to the sands of time, because. I don't know. We just needed we needed content for our network, which we're stream we're like drifting away from music for some reason. Yeah, there's that old joke about like, oh, remember when uh, MTV had music on it? And it's like, but actually, like, yeah. the The funniest thing is, and I can't believe the statistic, but that joke is more appropriate now more than ever because apparently MTV, the network. Oh God, I I gotta find that exact um, I gotta find that exact statistic because it blew my mind because I can't believe this is a real thing. This is on the official MTV Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and remember, MTV, this cultural force, right? Yep. Changed entertainment. Yep. That's not hyperbole. Like There's it an changed. Entire generation named after it. Yeah. Since early 2020, MTV has devoted most of its programming schedule to select programs, primarily ridiculousness, the Rob Deerdeck viral video show where he just watches viral videos with celebrity friends that's just tosh.0 which in june 2020 aired for 113 hours out of the network's entire 168 hour lineup jesus christ like this is the ridiculousness channel yep i don't know maybe celebrity deathmatch could jazz up that (laughs) that schedule oh i don't you know what uh, MTV's not worth saving if Celebrity Deathmatch can can save it. It's MTV is a shell of its former self. I mean, the only thing relevant it does is the MTV Music Awards, right? Yeah. Like, that's it. Music Video Awards. That's all they got going for them. And, yeah. you know, it burned briefly. It burned bright. Oh, also, there's a bunch of Jersey Shore, uh, like, shows on it, too. Okay. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode, right? Yep. 
Any uh, closing thoughts on Celebrity Deathmatch? I'm gonna go watch Titanic. That's all well, I've got. Not a, that's not exactly an answer to my question, but also it is. Yeah. No, it is. I, it is an answer to your question. Like, all I'm hearing is like, no, fuck off, never again, not saying anything. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. No, I respect it. Um, yeah. As I've said over and over again, 2006 was a different era. It was a different time for celebrity culture. And it was a dark time. Yeah, it was a dark time that we should never... We should have have no nostalgia for this. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I guess that's going to do it for... (laughs) Our late... I didn't even say it's our latest, like... It's our latest tour, like, uh, journey down the scenic detour, because... Oh, shit, we forgot to do that. Oh, well, who cares? Uh... Celebrity death match. Uh... (laughs) You can't even uh, do yeah. your hammer tier list. Cause... No, because I, I I would be like them. Exactly. And I'm better than them. Or we're trying to be, at least. Trying to be. Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for this latest episode of Cartoon Night in Canada. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, and, I mean, how could you not? How, how could you not just love our breakdown of Celebrity Deathmatch? Please consider giving us a like, follow, share, and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice, preferably Apple Podcasts, because it helps us reach the widest possible audience. You can find the show on Twitter, at Cartoon Night Pod, where we post new episodes every Saturday, except for when we don't. Yep. You can find me on Twitter, at Cinema Creep, where I will be, inspired by Celebrity Deathmatch, I will be creating a thread of all the celebrities I think I could beat in a fight to the death. It'll be short, and there won't be many people on it. Um, and you can find me at Sylvie Skeletons, where I uh, will not be tweeting because I'm going to be go- going to see uh, Titanic in theaters a normal number of times. You should recreate that uh, really uh, funny photo of the the guy. It's like a it's like a caption on Instagram where it's like, "Man, this movie long as shit," and he's got his phone out and it's like playing a Family Guy episode in front of Avatar two. <laughs> Do that for the bit, and then get kicked out of the theater. No! <laughs> you can do it on your third rewatch okay. of Titanic. How okay, about that? That, that? that sounds reasonable. Sounds good. Uh, good night, everybody. Bye! Colin Farrell. Colin, how are you feeling about the fight? As far as I'm going to make it black, eh? It's a little black.